What's going on, everybody? This is Ben from Retro Ben Gaming. With all the craziness happening in the world today, I decided to add a little positivity to it with this podcast. This podcast is going to focus on all things video games, whether it's discussing them, playing them, or just getting them on the cheap. Now, whether you're a PC player or a console player, I believe we all have something to add to this conversation. So I hope you enjoy the podcast, and as always, keep gaming. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Last time we talked about Shinobi, and I said next time we're going to talk about Ninja Gaiden. And we will. Today is about Ninja Gaiden. That way we have a little comparison between the two different Ninja series. I played them both as a kid. I don't know about you guys. Uh, I sucked at both of them as well. I never beat either one of them, but I plan to change that. Well, I'm going to try to change that relatively soon. But with that, here is the history of Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden, released in Japan as Ninja Ryukinin and as Shadow Warriors in Europe, is an action platform video game developed and published by Tecmo for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Its development and release coincided with the beat-em-up arcade version of the same name. It was released in December 1988 in Japan, in March 1989 in North America, and in August 1991 in Europe. It has been ported to several other platforms, including the PC Engine, the Super NES, and mobile phones. Set in a retro-futuristic version of 1988, the story follows a ninja named Ryu Hayabushi as he journeys to America to avenge his murdered father. There, he learns that a person named the Waikero plans to take control of the world by unleashing an ancient demon through the power contained in two statues. Featuring side-scrolling platform gameplay similar to Castlevania, players control Ryu through six acts, which comprise 20 levels. They encounter enemies that must be dispatched with Ryu's katana and other secondary weapons. Ninja Gaiden has an elaborate story told through anime-like cutscenes. It received extensive coverage and won several awards from video game magazines, while criticism focused on its high difficulty, particularly in the water levels. Director Hideo Yoshizawa named Ninja Gaiden as his most commercially successful project. The game continued to receive acclaim from print and online publications being cited as one of the greatest video games of all time. It was novelized as part of the Worlds of Power game adaptations written by Seth Godin and Peter Larangis. The ninja in Ninja Gaiden seeks revenge for the death of his father and gradually finds himself involved in a sinister plot that threatens the entire world. The story opens with Ryu's father Ken. Okay, Ryu and his father Ken. Alrighty. Seemingly killed in a duel by an unknown assailant. After the duel, Ryu finds a letter written by Ken which tells him to find an archaeologist named Walter Smith in America. Before Ryu can find Walter, he is shot and kidnapped by a mysterious young woman. She hands him a demonic-looking statue before releasing him. Ryu then finds Walter, who tells him of the demon statues he and Ken had found in the Amazon ruins. Walter tells Ryu of an evil demon named Jashin that Shinobi defeated, whose powers was combined into light and shadow demon statues. Ryu shows Walter the shadow demon statue given to him by the woman, but during the conversation, a masked figure named Basakir suddenly breaks into the cabin and steals the shadow statue. Okay, what kind of in-depth conversations are they having where this dude's getting shot, 
and they're breaking in and stealing. I mean, he's a ninja for gosh sakes, and he gets to keep getting caught off guard. Anyway, Ryu gives chase, defeats the masked figure, and retrieves the statue. But when he returns, he finds that Walter is dying. Oh, the old bait and switch. They got him away so they could actually get their real target. Good call. And the light statue is missing. Right after Walter dies, three armed men confront Ryu and tell him to come with them. Ryu is taken to an interrogation room where he meets Foster, head of the Special Auxiliary Unit of the Central Intelligence Agency. Foster tells him about a more than 2,000-year-old temple Walter discovered in some ruins in the Amazon. He continues saying one day Walter mysteriously sealed the ruins, and nobody has since ventured near them. Foster explains to Ryu that they have been monitoring the activity of someone named Gardia de Mu. I'm probably not saying that right. Also known as the Vaquero who recently moved into the temple where the body of the demon was confined. Using the statues, the Wakero plans to awaken Jashin and use it to destroy the world. Very complicated plot for an uh, early game, but it's all good. We probably loved that crap back in the day. No, in fact, I know we did. Foster asks Ryu to go to the temple and eliminate him. After making it to the temple, Ryu discovers the Wakero is holding captive the girl who handed him the shadow statue earlier. He orders Ryu to give up the demon statue after threatening the girl's life. Ryu is then dropped from sight through a trapdoor into a catacomb. After fighting his way back to the top of the temple, Ryu encounters Bloody Moth, whom he defeats. As he is dying, Moth reveals that he was the one who dueled with Ryu's father, that his father is still alive, and Ryu will meet him as he presses onward. When he reaches the temple's inner chambers, he discovers his father was not killed but was possessed by an evil figure instead. He destroys the evil figure, which releases Ken from his hold. And Ryu, Ken, and his mother, Chun-Li, all went home happy. That's actually not in there. Makaro, enraged by Ken's release from his possession, shows himself. He tries to kill Ryu immediately with a fiery projectile, but Ken throws himself in front of Ryu and takes the hit. Makaro is killed by Ryu during the ensuing fight, and then a lunar eclipse occurs. Of course, of course it does causing the demon statues to transform into Jashin. After Ryu defeats the demon, Ken tells him he does not have much longer to live because of Akaro's attack. He tells Ryu to leave him behind in the temple while it collapses, and to take the young woman with him. Afterwards, Foster, communicating via satellite, orders the girl to kill Ryu and steal the demon statues. She chooses to be with Ryu instead of carrying out the order. The two kiss, and the girl tells Ryu her name, Irene Liu. They watch as the sun rises. Oh, how precious. In Ninja Gaiden, you take control of Ryu through six acts, 20 levels. A life meter represents Ryu's physical strength, which decreases when he's hit by an enemy or projectile. A life is lost when the life meter is depleted entirely, when Ryu falls off the screen, or when the timer runs out. A game over screen appears when all lives are lost. However, the player may restart the level where this occurred by continuing. At the end of every act, the player fights a boss. Bosses have life meters depleted by player attacks. When its life meter is depleted entirely, a boss is defeated. Each boss is one of the Malice Four, evil underlings of the Wakero, the game's main antagonist. The Malice Four consists of Barbarian, Bomberhead, Basakir, and their leader, Bloody Moth. Players attack enemies by thrusting at them with Ryu's Dragon Sword, a katana-like sword passed down by the Hayabushi clan for generations. They can also use secondary weapons that consume Ryu's spiritual strength. These include throwing stars, windmill throwing stars, which cut through enemies and return like boomerangs, 
a series of twirling fireballs named The Art of the Firewheel, and a mid-air slash technique called Jump and Slash. When Ryu's spiritual strength meter is too low, the player cannot use his secondary weapons. Players can replenish Ryu's spiritual strength by collecting red and blue spiritual strength items found in lamps and lanterns. Other items found along the way include hourglasses that freeze all enemies and projectiles for 5 seconds, bonus point containers, potions that restore 6 units of physical strength, invincible fire wills that make Ryu temporarily invincible to attacks and one-ups. Ryu can jump on and off ladders and walls, and by using the directional pad he can climb up or down ladders. Ryu can spring off walls by holding the directional pad in the opposite direction he is facing and pressing the jump button. He cannot attack while on walls or ladders. Players can use this technique to get Ryu to climb up spaces between walls and columns by holding down the jump button and alternating between left and right on the directional pad. He can also climb a single wall vertically by springing off of it and then quickly pressing the directional pad back towards the wall. Tecmo first announced the Famicom version of the game in the January 15, 1988 issue of Family Computer Magazine under the title Ninja Gaiden, which would later be used as the game's American version. The game was released in Japan on December 9, 1988, under its final title, Ninja Ryukinden, which roughly translates to Legend of the Dragon Sword. It was developed and released around the same time as the beat-em-up arcade version of the same name. Neither of the games were ports of either, but were parallel projects developed by different teams. According to the developer Masato Kato, listed as Runmara in the game's credits, the term ninja was gaining popularity in North America, prompting Tecmo to develop a ninja-related game for the NES at the same time the arcade version of Ninja Gaiden was being developed. Hideo Yoshizawa, listed as Sakurazaki, developed and directed the NES version. Ninja Gaiden was Masato Kado's first full-time project as a video game designer, and he contributed the game's graphics, animations, and instruction manual illustrations. Drawing inspiration from the Mario series, Yoshizawa kept the same title but changed everything else. It became a platform game as opposed to a beat-em-up, such as Double Dragon. The gameplay was modeled after Konami's Castlevania, with Ryu being equipped with a katana-like dragon sword, shurikens, and ninpon techniques such as fire wheels. In designing the protagonist Ryu Hayabusa, the development team wanted him to be unique from other ninjas. They designed him with a ninja vest to place emphasis on his muscles, and they furnished him with a cowl that arched outward. They originally wanted to equip Ryu with sensors and a helmet with an inside monitor to check his surroundings, but the idea was scrapped. According to Kato, they used specific locations and environments to justify the need of having a ninja for a main character. A further concern, according to Yoshizawa, was to appeal to the gameplay-oriented expectations of Ninja Gaiden's target audience, mainly represented by experienced players who appreciated challenging game design. He recalled that during development, Techno adhered to the philosophy that the user would throw a game away if it wasn't hard enough. As a result, Yoshizawa decided to give the game an overall high level of difficulty. Yoshizawa placed greater emphasis on the story, unlike the arcade version, and wrote and designed a plot that included over 20 minutes of cinematic cutscenes, the first time an NES game contained such sequences. Yoshizawa stated that the adoption of this presentational style came from his earlier aspirations for a career in commercial filmmaking, which led him to seek an opportunity to put in a movie somehow. 
His idea was to reverse the then-prevailing trend wherein the narrative aspects of contemporary NES games were undervalued by customers with the inclusion of an interesting plot that could engage those players. Tecmo called the cutscene system Tecmo Theater, where the game reveals the storyline between acts using animated sequences. They are used at the beginning of each act to introduce new characters such as Irene Liu, Walter Smith, and the Wakero. These features use techniques such as close-ups, alternate camera angles, differing background music, and sound effects to make the game more enjoyable for players. Unlike earlier titles such as Final Fantasy, the cutscenes consisted of large anime art on the top half of the screen with dialogue on the bottom half. This made the artistic style more reminiscent of other Magna titles such as Lupin 3 and Golgo 13. Dimitri Corona, Tecmo USA's director of sales and marketing, said that console games had an advantage over arcade games and that they are allowed the creation of a longer game and the inclusion of cutscenes which Tecmo trademarked as cinema scenes. He noted console games required a different reward structure than arcade games. The game contains a feature that was originally a glitch, but was left in the final game intentionally. According to Masato Kado, having lost to any of the game's last three bosses, the player is sent back to the beginning of the sixth act. When the game's text was translated from Japanese to English, the game needed to be reprogrammed to accomplish this. Different companies handled the process in different ways. Tecmo's Japanese writers wrote rough translations in English and then faxed them to the American division. According to Koreana, the American division would edit it and put it back together, telling the story in a context that an American English speaker would understand. They would go back and forth several times. Moreover, the game's text was stored in picture files instead of raw computer text. Because of the NES's hardware limitations, the English text needed to be very clear and concise to fall within these limitations. Many times, different words with the same meaning but with fewer characters had to be used. All symbols and objects were scrutinized by Nintendo of America, who had specific rules on what could be included for North American releases. For instance, any satanic, Christian, or any other religious, sexual, or drug-related references were not allowed. Since the game's title was deemed too difficult for English audiences to read, it was renamed when it was released in Western markets. In early 1988, advertisements for Nintendo Fun Club News, Tecmo used Ninja Dragon as a tentative title for the U.S. release. They decided to use the title Ninja Gaiden when the game was released in the U.S. in March 1989. The title literally means Ninja Side Story, but the game was not intended as a spinoff of any prior work. According to an interview with developer Masato Kato, when deciding how to translate Ryukenden into English, the staff chose Ninja Gaiden because it sounded cool. In Europe, the game was scheduled to be released in September 1990, but was delayed until September 1991. It was retitled as Shadow Warriors, just as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was renamed Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, as ninjas are considered a taboo subject in Europe. It was one of the many ninja-related video games around that time, such as The Legend of Kage, Ninja Warriors, and Shinobi. Upon Ninja Gaiden's North America release, Nintendo of America, whose playtesters liked the game and gave it high ratings, decided to help with its marketing. Nintendo's house organ, Nintendo Power, featured it prominently. According to Koreana, it did not take a lot of effort to market the game through the magazine, nor did Tecmo or Nintendo do much else to promote it. Ninja Gaiden received strong publicity in Nintendo Power in 1989 and 1990. 
Ninja Gaiden received preview coverage in the January-February 1989 issue of Nintendo Power in its Pack Watch section. It got the highest marks of any title. The magazine's staff had seen for a long time. It was expected to be number one on their players' poll quickly. The preview compared Ryu's ability to climb and spring off walls to the gameplay in Metroid. It was featured on the cover of the magazine's March and April 1989 issue, and was referenced in the following issue in a Howard and Nestor comic strip. It was one of the featured games in both the March, April, and May, June 1989 issues of the magazine. Both issues included a walkthrough up to the fifth act, a review, and a plot overview. Underlying the game's difficulty appeared in several issues in the magazine's Counselor's Corner and Classified Information Help sections. The game was unveiled at the 1989 International Winter Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Its display featured a demo of the game and a live person dressed as a ninja. Tecmo predicted that the game would be the top-selling third-party title for the NES. Demand for the game eventually exceeded its supply. While Tecmo anticipated the game would be a hit, according to Kohler, they did not realize at the time the impact it would have on the video game industry with its groundbreaking use of cinematics. Yoshizawa would go on to direct the sequel, Ninja Gaiden 2, The Dark Sword of Chaos, and remained as the executive producer for Ninja Gaiden 3, The Ancient Ship of Doom, while Masato Kado took over directing the game design. A PC Engine port of Ninja Ryukinden was produced in 1992, published by Hudson Soft and released only in Japan. It features more colorful and detailed graphics, along with difficulty and gameplay tweaks and a different soundtrack. This version also supports three different language settings with Japanese, English, and Chinese as the available options. However, the English translation used in the version differs from the one used in the earlier NES version. Ninja Gaiden appeared as a remake of the Ninja Gaiden Trilogy compilation for the Super NES in 1995. Some reviewers appreciated the redrawn graphics and music in this version, but others found them to be an inadequate effort. Electronic Gaming Monthly reviewers compared it unfavorably to another updated NES remake, Mega Man The Wily Wars. They called the version an exact port-over with no noticeable enhancements in graphics, sound, and gameplay. Along with the other two games in the Ninja Gaiden trilogy, the SNES version was featured as an unlockable game in the 2004 Xbox Ninja Gaiden game. The NES version was released on Wii's Virtual Console on April 10, 2007 in Japan and on May 14th in North America. Europeans, Australians, and New Zealanders were able to purchase the game as part of the Hanabi Festival on September 21st. The PC version was released for Virtual Console in Japan on April 21st, 2009. The NES version was also released for the Nintendo 3DS Virtual Console with an original release date set for November 8th, 2012, but was delayed until December 13th. The NES version was released on Wii U's Virtual Console in 2024. The game was also re-released as part of the NES Classic Edition dedicated console in November 2016 and for the Nintendo Switch in December 2018 as part of the NES Nintendo Switch Online service. In July 1990, Scholastic Corporation published a novelization of Ninja Gaiden under the Worlds of Power series for NES game adaptations, created and packaged by Seth Godin under the pseudonym FX9. Godin and Peter Larangis under the pseudonym a. L. Singer wrote the novelization. As with other worlds of power books, the amount of violence present in the video game was toned down for the novelization. 
because Godin and Scholastic were concerned that some of the material in the video game was inappropriate for a young audience. The novel did not adhere strictly to the game's storyline. For instance, the ending was changed so that Ryu's father survived. Godin believed the revised ending was consistent with the worlds of power character. As real-life fathers, Godin and Larangus were reluctant to leave Ryu fatherless. On the book's cover, otherwise a copy of the Nintendo American box art, the kunai held in Ryu's front hand was airbrushed out, leaving him prodding the air with an empty fist. Pony Canyon released a soundtrack CD, Ninja Ryukenden Tecmo GSM-1, in February 1989. The first half of the CD starts with an arranged melody of the game's music. It continues with enhanced versions of the game's music, which used stereophonic sound and additional PCM channels. The rest of the CD features music from the arcade version. In 2017, Brave Wave Productions released a vinyl box set, Ninja Gaiden, the definitive soundtrack mastered by original composer Keiji Yamagashi. The game debuted at number 3 on Nintendo's Power Top 30 list for July-August 1989, behind Zelda 2 and Super Mario Bros. 2. It stayed at number 3 in the September-October 1989 issue. The Nintendo Power Awards of 1989 featured the game as one of the top games that year. It was nominated for Best Graphics and Sound, Best Challenge, Best Theme, Fun, I guess there's a category for fun, that's good, Best Character, Best Ending, and Best Overall, and it won for Best Challenge and Best Ending. In its preview of Ninja Gaiden 2 The Dark Sword of Chaos, the magazine said that the colorful, detailed, dynamic cinema scenes of the original Ninja Gaiden set a standard for action game narration that has since been widely emulated. These cinema scenes made Ninja Gaiden play almost like a movie. Reflecting on his career as a game designer, Yoshizawa considered Ninja Gaiden his proudest accomplishment, explaining that the title enjoyed the best sales performance out of all of his projects. Beyond press coverage by Nintendo Power, the game received strong reviews and publicity from other video game magazines upon its release. In a review from Video Games and Computer Entertainment, the presentation and gameplay were compared to Castlevania, while the cinematic cutscenes were compared favorably to Karataka and other computer games by CinemaWare. The review praised the game's animation in these cutscenes and noted Tecmo's usage of close-ups and body movements. The reviewer said that while the cutscenes were not fluid, they were effective and entertaining and provided important information about what the player was supposed to do. He appreciated the game had unlimited continues which slightly offset its difficulty, but he criticized it for having over-detailed background graphics, especially in the indoor levels, saying that some bottomless pits and items in these levels became slightly camouflaged. From July to October 1989, the game was listed at number one on Electronic Gaming Monthly's Top 10 Video Games list. It fell to number two on the list behind Mega Man 2 in the November issue. In their Best and Worst of 1989, it received awards for Best Game of the Year for the NES and Best Ending in a Video Game for All Consoles. The staff said that Ninja Gaiden proved to be an instant winner, with its cinematic cutscenes and a unique gameplay. They added the game's climax was better than some movie climaxes at the time, and that it established continuity for a sequel, which would be released the following year. Later in June 1994, the magazine ranked it at number 4 on a special list of top 10 most difficult games of all times for all consoles. The July 1990 pilot issue of UK magazine Mean Machines featured Ninja Gaiden on the cover. The magazine was distributed as part of the July 1990 issue of Computer and Video Games. In its review, Julian Regnall compared the game to its beat-em-up arcade counterpart, 
which was titled Shadow Warriors. He noted the game has great graphics that features diverse backgrounds and character sprites. He especially praised its use of cartoon-like animation sequences between acts where the game's plot unfolds. He enjoyed the game's difficulty, especially with the bosses, but he noted the game will seem tough at first until players become accustomed to the controls. He criticized the game for its sound, which he said did not fit the graphics and was racy, but added, what's there is atmospheric and suits the action. He highly recommended the game to fans of the beat-em-up and combat genres. Mean Machines reviewed the game again, the NES version now officially titled Shadow Warriors in Europe, in its July 1991 issue. In the review, Matt Regan and Paul Glancy praised its detailed and animated character sprites and its difficult level. The game's high standards of gameplay, sound, and overall depth impressed Regan. He noted the game's frustrating difficulty but pointed out that it has unlimited continues. Glancy compared the game to the 1990s NES version of Batman with its similar wall-jumping mechanics. He said that its graphics were not as well-developed as Batman's, but they were still satisfying. He praised its detailed sprites and their animations along with its Tecmo Theater concept, noting that the cutscenes helped supply a lot of atmosphere. He said it was one of the best arcade-style games on the NAS, as well as the best ninja-related game on the system. The Japanese magazine Famitsu gave it a score of 28 out of 40. The game received some praise and criticism in the August 1991 version of German magazine Powerplay. The review praised the game for its attention to detail and challenged and noted players need to master certain gameplay skills to move on. Criticisms included a lack of variety and dullness in gameplay which was compared to a visit to the tax office. The PC Engine version was briefly mentioned in the December 1991 issue of Electronic Game Monthly as part of a review of games that had been released outside the U.S. They noted the fateful transition from the NES version as well as the revamped and more detailed graphics saying, PC Engine owners should not miss this one. In 2004, Tecmo began releasing low-priced episodic installments of Ninja Gaiden for AT&T and Verizon mobile phones on both Brew and Java platforms. The official English Tecmo Games mobile website advertised it for a future release along with a mobile version of Tecmo Bowl. The company planned to release the entire game throughout 2004 in a series of four installments, like what Upstart Games did when they ported the NES version of Castlevania to mobile phones. The port featured the same visuals and soundtracks as the NES version. Each installment was to consist of several levels of gameplay at a time. The first installment, titled Ninja Gaiden Episode 1 Destiny, was released on July 15, 2004. It included only the first act from the NES version, but added two new levels. The second installment was planned to be released in North America and was previewed by GameSpot in September 2004, but it, along with the third and fourth installments, were never released. The mobile phone port of Ninja Gaiden was met with some praise and criticism. IGN's Levi Buchanan and GameSpot's Damon Brown praised the port for its accurate translation from the NES to mobile phones, saying the gameplay, graphics, and cinematic cutscenes remain true to the NES version. They praised the game's controls, despite the omission of the ability to duck so that pressing down on the phone's directional pad could be used for secondary weapons. Brown said the port had better controls than most other mobile phone games at the time. They both criticized the port for its lack of sound quality, but Buchanan said this was not Tecmo's fault. In a preview of the port, GameSpot's Avery score pointed to generally inferior American-made handsets as the reason for the sound's shortcomings. 
Retro Gamer looked back at Ninja Gaiden in its March 2004 issue when the Xbox remake was released. They said the game broke the mold of conventional video game titles by including a plot with cinematic cutscenes added between gameplay segments, adding that the concept of adding cinematics for a gameplay's introduction, plot, and ending was a new concept which naturally impressed the gaming public. The article noted the game's high level of difficulty, saying the game threw up an immense challenge even for its veteran gamer and almost dared you to complete it mentally and physically intact. Chris Kohler, in his 2004 book Power Up, How Japanese Video Games Gave the World an Extra Life, said while it was not as far-reaching as Tecmo Bowl, it ended up revolutionizing video games with its courageous, unique, and trailblazing use of cinematic scenes. Upon its release on the Virtual Console, Ninja Gaiden was met with high praise, especially for its elaborate story, amount of narrative, and use of anime-like cinematic sequences. Some critics have bemoaned its gameplay for being too like Castlevania. Similarities include identical displays on the top of the screen, items contained in breakable lanterns, and a nearly identical secondary weapons feature. I don't see that as a negative. I think that's a positive. Both are great games. A 1UP.com review noted that the two games have different dynamics and that several actions possible in Ninja Gaiden would be impossible in Castlevania. Contemporary reviews have considered the game groundbreaking for its pioneering use of stylized cutscenes, high-quality music, and dark atmosphere. One review said that the game makes up for its high difficulty level with good gameplay. IGN said that it is one of the best platform games of all time. Reviewers have criticized the game for its high and unforgivable difficulty level, especially late in the game, and it has been considered an example of Nintendo hard video games. A review by 1UP.com referred to the later levels as an unfair display of intentional cheapness. In his review of the Virtual Console version, GameSpot's Alex Navarro said the game will beat you to a pulp and that it assaults you time and time again with its punishing difficulty, insidiously placed enemies, and rage-inducing boss fights. According to his review, the game starts easy, but the difficulty begins to increase halfway through the second act and continues through the sixth act. Navarro describes the sixth act's difficulty as one of the bottom levels of gaming hell. IGN said the game was one of the most difficult video games of all time, setting the trend for the rest of the series. However, they pointed out that its difficulty and graphics are defining characteristics that have carried over through the years into modern-day Ninja Gaiden sequels. Screw Attack listed the game as the seventh hardest title in the NES library. Over 15 years after its creation, Ninja Gaiden has maintained its position as one of the most popular video games for the NES. A 2001 joystick reader poll with over 12,000 votes listed the game at number 10 on a list of top NES games. Another reader poll from GameSpot listed the game at number 10 on its top NES games list. It was number 17 on IGN's top 100 NES games list. In August 2001, in its 100th issue, Game Informer listed the game at number 93 in their top 100 games of all time list. In 2006, Electronic Gaming Monthly featured a follow-up to their 200 greatest video games of their time, where readers wrote in and discussed games that felt were ignored on the list. The game was listed at number 16 of the top 25 games discussed. At the end of 2005, Nintendo Power ran a serial feature titled The Top 200 Nintendo Games Ever. The list, which included games for all Nintendo systems, placed the game at number 89. In August 2008, the same magazine ranked it the 10th best NES game of all time. They praised the gameplay and described the cinematic cutscenes as revolutionary for its time. 
The game's music received honorable mention on IGN's list of best 8-bit soundtracks. IGN featured its introduction on its top 100 video game moments list at number 53. It was also listed as the second best video game cutscene of all time in Complex Magazine. Nintendo Power honored the game in its November 2010 issue, which celebrated the 25th anniversary of the NES. The magazine listed its box art, which depicts a ninja with a burning city in the background, as one of its favorite designs in the NES library. The magazine's editor-in-chief, Chris Slate, was equally impressed by the game's box art. He also reminisced about the game's high level of difficulty with its respawning enemies and enemy birds that knocked players into pits, saying, This game may have taught me how to curse. He further praised gameplay features such as clinging on walls and using Nippon techniques, and he noted the game's cinematic cutscenes, including the ominous opening sequence that featured two ninjas who launched into the air at each other, clashing their swords in the moonlight. He said that Ninja Gaiden was about as cool as an 8-bit game could be, especially for ninja-crazed kids of the 80s who, like me, had worn out their VHS copies of Enter the Ninja. Yeah, Enter the Ninja is great and all, but Michael Dudikoff in American Ninja? That's where it's at. That is such an awesome movie. I'll fight you if you say otherwise. In a July 2011 issue, Retro Gamer listed the game's opening as one of the most popular at the time. The magazine noted how its use of cutscenes, animations, and overall presentation put the game above most other action titles at the time. While it lauded the controls and gameplay elements, as with other reviews, it criticized the difficulty, calling it one of the most challenging games on the console. It noted how defeated enemies respawn in certain spots, how enemies are placed on the edge of platforms, and the structure of the final level. Well, there you have it, folks. There is the history of Ninja Gaiden. Like I said, I had a chance to play this game as a kid, and I was terrible. I've gotten better as an adult because I actually know what I'm doing. I hope to beat this game and put it up on my YouTube channel. That would be quite the accomplishment. I hope you guys enjoyed this. hope you had a chance to reminisce with me and uh, remember better times in your life. Well, I don't know about better, but times in your life. When you got to play these games, it's always better when you can beat the game, frankly. You guys can get a hold of me at retrobandgaming at gmail.com. Take some time this week to play a video game. Try playing a Ninja Gaiden game. I think you'd be, enjoy it. Or you might get mad and break your controller. Either way, you played a game. As always, be good people. Be good to those around you. And keep on gaming. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please take a second to subscribe. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can at retrobendgaming at gmail.com. Thanks again, and as always, keep gaming.